Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Dewey Burt. Wofford beats Carolina in the Smith Center. Dewey, one thing that I tweeted um, shortly after the game is give Wofford credit. Uh, they came in, they punched Carolina in the mouth, and they never wilted. But the big part is nothing's ever assumed in sports. Now, things shouldn't happen, but they often do. But you can never assume you're going to beat somebody. And watching Carolina play that game, to me, it looked like they were pretty sure they were going to beat Wofford. Your thoughts? I think that's fair. I We were so sloppy and uh, unreasonably careless with the basketball offensively that I think that permeated its way through our entire game, save for the last five, six minutes when they finally started to play. But by then they had dug too big of a hole and, you know, had to play perfect to win at the end and they didn't quite pay, you know, play perfect. But I just, it's disappointing uh, to see a team with as much experience as we have to come out and be careless and to me look no further than one of your seniors Theo Pinson who I have always sung his praises as being a do everything glue guy I love the fact that he's a willing passer and tries to create plays because we don't have a lot of guys that are willing to do that but there's a line and he was incredibly careless with the ball tonight five turnovers and there's just no excuse to to let a team that has inferior talent to come in there and, like you said, punch you in the mouth. And they did. They punched us right in the mouth for 32 minutes or so, and then we woke up. But by then, it was too late. Looking at Theo's line, 0 for 1, which was that air ball 3, 2 for 2 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 4 fouls, uh, 4 assists, 5 turnovers. Uh, listless is just the – what I saw out there, I don't know if he's sick. I don't know if they're worn out, whatever. Uh, like you said, inexcusable. The last couple of days on these podcasts, Dewey, Greg and Ross and I have talked, and John has talked to Rail, and we've sung the praises of the upper class. And those guys, for honestly, were brutal in the first half. Played a little better in the second. Uh, May picked it up a little bit, but four for 16. 14 rebounds, so you know, a solid number there. Joel Berry, 7 for 16. I mean, is it possible? Well, I guess it is possible, but did you think it was possible that with the team this veteran, savvy, that they could come in and just be, look, not prepared? And more than that, like we've already said, just not interested in playing against a team that you know is going to be able to shoot it. And they didn't shoot it well. I mean, they, they hit big shots. But Fletcher McGee, 10 for 23 and only 4 for 12. I mean, if, if Wofford would have beaten Carolina and he'd have shot 8 for 10 from 3, you're like, yeah, yeah. But just you know, expound more on the how this can happen to a North Carolina team that after the past two years especially, it just should never. No, I agree. And I will tell you my opinion. I didn't think Luke and Joel didn't play hard. I thought they played hard. I didn't think that was the issue. 
I just think they were sloppy at times with the ball and just out of sync. How many layups did Luke miss? Easy ones in the first half that he normally would make. And all of a sudden, our one-point lead probably should have been seven or nine. And Joel missed a couple easy ones. He missed a layup right there at the buzzer. They just, for whatever reason, were a little out of sync. But I just want to be clear. I didn't think Luke and Joel didn't play hard. I just thought they played poorly. And I do think there's a difference. I think they tried. Um, But, you know, we do play a lot of young guys at different times. I mean, Coach tried everything. I mean, he put everybody out there trying to get some life out of our team. And it just didn't, it just didn't come. I mean, even, even Kenny, again, who I thought played hard, didn't really have a spark for us. And when it got down the stretch, again, when we had to play perfect, Joel missed a a relatively open three that could have tied the game. Luke missed a pretty open three that could have tied the game. When you dig a hole like that and force it upon yourself to not be able to make any mistakes to give yourself a chance to win, you just should never be in that position. So I was as surprised as anybody that we were, as you put it, somewhat listless. And I think, you know, for a lot of the games this year, we've gotten a lot of positive impact from the guys we brought off the bench. Playtech's given good minutes. Brandon Robinson has given good minutes in spurts. Jalik, not as often, but he's still been helpful. And we had Cam back tonight, and he shot one for five. You know, I was just happy to see him back. but. You know, we didn't get really anything out of our bench, any help, and our starters didn't play like they're normally going to play. And so when you play against a motivated team, small school, kids with a chip on their shoulder, and then they got a guy on their team who has the ultimate, ultimate green light and hits some incredibly difficult shots, you're putting together a recipe right there. almost felt like a a 2-15 game or a 1-16 game in the tournament where – the team that was higher seated being us seemed like they were looking ahead to the next game or whatever the case may be and didn't take the opponent seriously enough. And they got beat. Yeah. You hit the nail there. That's what I was thinking. This is a, if not a one sixteen, a definitely a two fifteen game in the NCAA. And that's why those upsets can happen. And that's why I think eventually a one sixteen will happen. Um, and yes, I'll correct myself. I thought that Luke and Kenny and Barry, busted their tails it was just it they were just off and and, in a you have to play hard and smart yeah to play at this level you have to play really really hard and then you have to play intelligently and we didn't do both so one thing that i brought up on our podcast before is how they would implement cam johnson into the mix and i thought it was going to be difficult Uh, do you think that played a role and maybe not the starters' performances, but the subs, because like you mentioned, they got nothing off the bench if you look on down the line. And, you know, it, it's not as easy as just plugging and playing, as, as you can attest to. But do you think Cam Johnson coming back, which he had to come back today, I think. I don't think you could wait until ACC season. But just thoughts on that part of it. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it definitely threw the rotations off a little bit that we've had set. But seventh was in the rotation, and and then he was out, and we figured that out right away. So I, I don't think that that should really matter. And the biggest reason is if Cam's been practicing, and he practiced all the way up until he got hurt, guys were used to playing with him. So, you know, maybe, maybe. But he he didn't play that many minutes, really. You know, he played that one stretch in the first half and then was in there 
down the stretch back and forth with Garrison in, in the second half. But uh, it, it was the smaller lineup that I know we've practiced a lot because I think it's the lineup we'll have a going a lot down the stretch, which is Joel, Kenny, Theo, Cam, and then Luke. So I know they've practiced that lineup plenty. I just more think it was a bad night for us, and we missed shots we're normally going to make. And we were just sloppy and and inattentive. That's not even a word, but, you know, showing low attentiveness. And I thought there were times when we got outworked as a whole. Again, I, I was clear, and you agreed, that certain guys for us played hard, but their five played harder than our five. And it's just inexcusable. I mean, there's plenty on tape that coach can go to, and it's about effort. I mean, he's not going to put on the tape and say, Luke, that's a layup. You're usually going to make that. And, you know, we missed shots we're normally going to make. He's going to put on the tape sloppy turnovers and where they're five. And it's enough for three of our five to want it. Everybody's got to want it every possession or you get beat. And as we said, Wofford came in there, chip on their shoulder, feeling like they could maybe steal one if we weren't taking them seriously enough. And we didn't. And they got the W that's ultimately probably going to make their season. Talk about guarding a guy like Fletcher McGee. You started to go there a little bit. I mean, oh, man. he's got the, the the green light he has. I don't know Steph Curry, maybe. Green mile. It's a green mile. I mean, I can tell you that I got to be that guy in practice when we were preparing for guys like J.J. Redick and, you know, ACC players of the past. And it is it is an unreal feeling as the – shooter even just in practice to know that you can shoot any shot every shot anytime you want on balance off balance it doesn't matter and you're never going to have to look over your shoulder and see what the coach might say you can just keep doing it and keep pulling and that confidence and if you have a little bit of talent like this kid did man it's just it's almost impossible to guard if the kid is shooting well because he doesn't care that's the thing you know, it's like golf. You know, sometimes the best golfers are the guys that can just go play and they don't care. They don't care if they hit a good shot. They don't care if they make the putt. It's just, it's kind of the same thing. You just don't care. You just keep shooting and it doesn't matter. And the coach has told you, just keep shooting. Just keep shooting. Keep pulling. And because of that, you really don't even have to be open. You're just going to shoot it. And the kid looked like he had a little bit of size on him. I haven't checked. Looked like he was about 6'4"-ish, 6'5", maybe. And so he could get it, get a shot off over Kenny or whoever was guarding him. And again, the kind of confidence that gives you, you can shoot four for 30. It doesn't matter. All you're going to remember is those four and your coach is going to keep telling you to keep shooting. It's a very unique thing that doesn't happen in basketball very often. And it is extremely difficult to guard. Even if the guy plays for Wofford, you know, that's not the type of opponent that typically gives us trouble. When you've got that kind of green light green mile like i'm saying it's not easy it is not easy to cover mcgee 10 for 23 4 for 12 on threes 27 points in 39 minutes a couple more questions do we before we wrap this one up carolina loses to wofford in the smith center carolina went small there in the end and cameron jackson gave them trouble there in the post a couple times uh, i mean that's sort of a foreshadowing thing that carolina's small lineup may have issue-wise with some teams in the ACC. Your thoughts on how they performed 
with that. It did give them an opportunity to get back in the game and have a chance to tie it or win it at some point. But your thoughts overall on small lineup? Well, that will be the issue. If you're playing against a team that has somebody that is capable of scoring in the post, like the kid Jackson was, and he was really good tonight, by the way. I mean, 18, 9, and 6 blocks and 3 steals and 3 assists for their five man and he was impressive and played like a man i mean that one play where he just took the ball from garrison that was great i was glad that happened that tells garrison something hey you're not ready yet you better eat some more and lift some more weights um but back to your question that's going to be the problem is if the other team has a capable post guy that's going to be bigger than luke it's going to be difficult for us to guard him if the other team is willing to go to that post guy consistently. Now, if they have a, a capable post player, but they play on the perimeter, that's going to play to our advantage because we're going to be speedy. We're going to have some length with Cam and with Theo. And also, you got to figure when we play small, we're going to shoot a lot of threes. So if we're shooting a lot of threes and shooting well, and they're putting the ball into their post player and we're trading three for two, the math works for us. So I, I think they'll continue to feel that lineup out. Ultimately, I think it's our best five. You know, when we talked preseason, we thought maybe Jalik would be one of those five. But right now, I think there's no question that once Cam is fully back ingrained and feeling good and moving better, that that's going to be our best five. So it's going to be a game of strategy. Is, is our four out one in and our ability to stretch the floor and make shots and open up driving lanes for Joel enough to counteract the fact that we're small and we're probably not going to get that many offensive rebounds, and we may give up offensive rebounds on the other end. Uh, you know, at the at the end of the day, when we go small, it's going to come down to can we take care of the ball, can we make threes, and can we rebound? And if we do that, we're going to be really hard to guard. Uh, but if we don't, we're going to be very mediocre. I think that's a fair thing to say. Uh, Roy Williams post game said Carolina was fat and happy after the win over Tennessee, disgusted with everything about tonight. Um, do either fine line in college sports or in sports in general, you have a win like Tennessee, you have a game like this against a, a team you should beat, team you're favored by 20-some points, and now you turn right around and go uh, down to Louisiana, I believe, and play Ohio State team. That's a, a big-time school. Uh, just speak to that, you know, that up-and-down flow of college athletics that I think uh, most of us that haven't been in it like you have understand. Yeah, it's a great point. Well, I think it you know, this is a teachable moment for some of the guys on our team, right? There there isn't anything that Joel Berry or Theo, Luke probably, even Kenny are going to learn from this, right? I mean, just play better. That that's the, for them, that's it. Play better. But for the young guys who coach maybe have you know, referring to fat and happy, young guys, oh, we we got a great road win, we beat a ranked opponent. Hey, we're pretty good. And even if that little bit of inkling was in their mind that they thought they accomplished something by winning on the road, here's a pretty good wake-up call. So teachable moment for the young guys that coach can say, this is why in practice I'm on you guys about every possession, every box out. This is why every turnover matters. This is why every weight you lift matters. Because if you're not ready, you can lose to anyone. And so that message can get across now through conversation and through film to the young guys. The older guys, they know. And so here's what I would tell you. I think we play great. 
at Ohio State or against Ohio State, uh, whatever that game is Saturday, I think we'll play great because we we got enough senior leadership and they won't play like that two games in a row. And what we need is the freshmen to also understand that it's unacceptable to lose a game like that, that we, with the jersey that we wear, we don't lose games like that. That's not okay. And it can't be okay with them. They can't think of it like, oh, just like high school, you know, we lost the game, we'll win the next one. No, it's not okay. And Coach Williams won't sleep, and he'll come in and tell them that he didn't sleep. And they'll go through film, and he'll get all over them. And I think we'll play really well. At the end of the day, it is just one game in December. It doesn't matter as far as what we're going to be at the end of the year. So teachable moment for the young guys. The older guys need to show them the way and come with just incredible effort and attentiveness and intelligence when we play against Ohio State. Good stuff, Dewey. Carolina 75, Wofford 79. Heels play Ohio State on Saturday. Dewey, if I don't talk to you because I'll be in Charlotte with the boy, taking my boys to see the Hornets and the Panthers this weekend, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Tommy. Merry Christmas, everybody else. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.